a lot of the main, what I would call, major doctrines found within the Bible are found right here in the book of Ephesians, and namely book Ephesians chapter 1. I think that's why I'm taking some time to get through these verses, because every time I come to a, just a, a word that's a doctrine in itself, and it needs to be looked at, it needs to be thoroughly studied so that we can move on. And the whole thing is, is that you get an understanding of, it. like Paul said, my eyes being enlightened. Well, enlightened to what? Who I am and what heaven is. If you get your eyes on that. Who I am in Jesus Christ and what heaven is to come. You're going to make it in life. Life's going to be really good. I call it an eye-opening experience. If you just come to a realization, oh my, I'm one of His. I'm... Holy is a good word for me. Amen. All right, let's look at this, though, in Ephesians. And we'll be in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We're going to need to look at that. What does it mean, these heavenly places? And it says He's blessed us in with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, and it's in Jesus Christ. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We were looking, as we closed last week, we were speaking of the doctrine of adoption and what adoption really entails. Adoption is not what we look at as, hey, I'm going to adopt a child that is not my blood child and I'm going to treat them like they're my own. I'm going to receive them like they're my own. They're going to even have my name, my last name. That's a picture but, or a type. But that's not the, the truth of the matter. A true Bible adoption is when God reveals to the universe who His true sons are. It's, it's, a, it's a little different. So we know that when a person comes to Jesus Christ, they are son-made. It says in, in John 1.12, As many as received them, them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And it says in Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God. By faith in Christ Jesus. You're His child. You're born as His child. A birthing take place, takes place. There's a true relation there. It's spiritual, of course. He's our Father. We're born from above. We're born of His will. We're not born of blood. We're born of Spirit, it says. Alright, we're born of the Spirit of God. And we become His child. This, you know, if you think about if, if a person, some of y'all have had this uh, great experience, you've, you've given birth to a son, and you think about, I have a child, you know, say, and, the, and the, 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 the woman that goes through the pains of childbirth, she struggles, she suffers greatly, and Jesus even said, you know, as soon as she lays eyes on the child, she immediately forgets all the suffering she went through for the last nine months, and then maybe the last few hours before, right before that, and why? The joy that a man-child has been brought into the world. That's my son. They're just a babe. You know, people get saved and, and come to Christ. They, 
They're, we call them babes in Christ. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Just like a baby. You know, just, they're infants. Therefore, they need to be nurtured, raised, and matured. They're family. They have the spirit of adoption, but they're not adopted yet. And, we're, and we tried to look at some of that last week. We're going to finish this tonight because I want you to understand what it means to say that I am adopted by God. Alright? So there's four stages in the believer's life. And the first one is before you're ever even born. The first stage, I call it the setting stage. It's set up. Jesus died on Calvary to make adoption possible for us. He made it possible for all men, all men, especially them, those that believe. Jesus died for all men so that they could have the opportunity to become one of God's own. It's amazing. And I think heaven is so great that even if you had the opportunity, just getting the opportunity to go there is an amazing thing. Many fall short. Why? They didn't become a son. They weren't made. This is my son. I put my name on them. You know, we are called by His name. So when you... So Jesus made that possible through His death, burial, and resurrection. He made it possible for anybody to come to Him by faith, believe and be saved, and eventually become adopted. Alright, so first stage is the setting stage. Jesus did this for us. Second stage is what I call the beginning stage. And I just mentioned it. The sinner believes on Christ. He's born into the family of God. I've been, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Why? I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. I'm, I'm joined heirs with Jesus because I got saved, because I was born from above. The Bible even says, our spiritual mother is the new Jerusalem. Galatians 4, I think it's 26 actually says and teaches us that. So, but the beginning stage is you are born as a son. You know, we can all go back to our birthday. And that's when we entered into the world. We got us a name. That's your given name, right? When you were born. You can go back to the day you received Christ and you were born of God's family and you, got a, you were put His name on you. And you went into Christ and Christ went into us. So the, the second or the beginning stage, I call it the beginning stage actually, the sinner believes on Christ and is born into the family of God. And he's a babe, but he's family. He's got the family name. Hey, do you give your brand new truck to a three-year-old? Some people do. Do you inherit your land to your ten-year-old son? I'm sure some people have been foolish enough to do that. Do you, you don't do that until they're ready. You don't give them the inheritance until they're a man, until they're grown and matured. We are, we are in the process of that right now. So the first is the beginning stage. Second is the intermediate or the middle stage, which is what all of us are in right now. We're all in it. presence of the Holy Spirit's in our life. God put His Spirit in us. And we'll look at this. Turn over to Galatians chapter 4, which is the, the book right in front of Ephesians. 
the, the middle stage, and I'm so glad that, that, you know, the Holy Spirit in your life is a proof that you're saved. You know how you can always tell if you're really saved or not? God's in there, and His Spirit's in you, and you have this impulse, instinct. You cry out, Abba, Father. He's my Father. There's a natural craving and desire. Just like you yell out for Daddy when you're a little boy or girl. We do that for our God in heaven. The Spirit of God that's in us. And it's the Spirit of adoption. Look at chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Because ye are sons, we're all sons if you're saved, God has sent forth the Spirit of His sons into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Amazing. Do you have that in you? And look at verse 5 before that. Jesus came to redeem them that were under the law. Why? That we might receive the adoption of sons. That's the whole reason Jesus came. To, to bring, well look at it, many sons into glory. Not just a few, many sons into glory. So we have this spirit of adoption in us right now. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I hope by the end of the night you say, hey, I know what adoption is. And you'll never forget it. Alright? Romans 8 verse 16. Here's the Spirit inside of us. Well, let's go back to 15. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again, which is what we were before we were saved, to fear... But ye have received what? The spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Just cried out. Just as Jesus cried and called to His heavenly Father, you have that same spirit within you. And it's natural. And it's just right. It's fitting. It's not awkward. He's my Father. He's my Father. My heavenly Father. Oh, it says in verse 17, And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, then we may be also glorified together. So we are heirs of God because we are born into the family. And then there's that verse we've been trying to memorize. For I reckon, in verse 18, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So let's look. Let's talk here. I've got to hurry, but uh, to get to the point, to what is that glory that shall be revealed in us? What is that glory? Go back to Ephesians, because we're supposed to be in Ephesians. But go back to the book of Ephesians, and let's look at this in verse 1, or chapter 1, in verse 14. So in verse 5, it says He predestinated us, we talked about that last week, under the adoption of children. By Jesus Christ. But in verse 14 it says, Which is the earnest, the Holy Spirit of God. Verse right before that says it. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. There it is. There's an inheritance coming. Because you're family. Until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. So we are in growth stage. You've got that spirit in you. 
you know who you're born of. I mean, you know who you're born of. It's him. And you grow thereby. So through the Bible, through learning the Bible, through reading of the Bible, through fellowshipping with the brethren, through spirit-led living, and you're sanctified in your understanding. My goal in life is to become less and less like this world, more and more like Christ, because I want to be like my Heavenly Father. And I'm growing up into maturity. I'm growing up. No more of these childish things. I'm growing up. For He says, I've written unto you, Young man, you're growing. You're getting older. You're a younger man now. You're almost of age. Almost of age. Where he can trust you. With why? The real riches. The true riches. And what is that final stage? What is it? It's adoption. It's adoption. Turn over to Romans 8 again. Romans 8 again. What we're studying here, I may not be doing the greatest of job on it. This is your destiny right here. You ought to want to know about it because this is your future. Hey, I want to know what my future is. I'll be a fortune teller here for tonight. Now, it's going to be after death, but I'm going to tell you your fortune. All right? And this is it. Now, look what it says in chapter 8 of Romans. We just read in verse 18 about the sufferings. It says in verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him of subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth together in pain, until now. And, we'll, and not only they, but we have the same thing. It's called growth pains. Growing pains. We have the same here. It's in you. It says, ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. See, when you got saved, God gave you a gift of the Holy Spirit within you. And it's an earnest, like an earnest payment. For the, it's a down payment for when you get adopted. But it's there to, as proof. Just the Spirit itself is proof enough. But it's not the end. And what does it say? We are groaning. This is amazing. Look at It says, even we ourselves. You ever have that groaning? Groaning within ourselves. Man, I just ate two hours ago and I'm already hungry. That's not it. That's not it. I found in my life if I eat breakfast, I'm hungry quicker for lunch. It's the weirdest thing. But there's a groaning. It's just groaning in there for all of us. And what is it? To wit, the redemption of our body. Amen. The redemption of our body. So full maturity will come, which means you're ready to receive the inheritance of the Father. And you're going to be joint heirs with Christ. With all that God has to offer. So, before we talk about that, I, I just want to quickly list some things for you. You can look them up later if you want. These are benefits of being the sons of God. You know, if you think about your kids, they have benefits. They're your kids. Certain benefits to being yours. Or you may have certain benefits to being someone else's child. These are benefits to being God's. Number one, we are loved as sons. 
we're loved. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. My, knowing what I know about me, how can I be called a son of God? Well, the Father loves me. And it's such a manner, no one else in this, no one in this world can, you know, I just think it's so sad. Most people will never know true love because they don't know the Heavenly Father. They don't have one. They've never been born from above. They've never been born of Him. That's true love. So number one, we're loved as sons and you're loved like no one else could ever possibly be loved. Number two, we're chastened of the Lord. This goes along with love. We're going to get put in our place. Chastisement is a good thing. This is found in Hebrews 12, 7, and 8. You know, anybody that loves their child, and God even said they're going to correct them, they're going to instruct them, they're going to chasten them when they need it for their benefit so that they can grow up and take on the character of God or the character in this world, the character of our family. God deals with us as sons. He doesn't deal with those that aren't his sons. You wonder sometimes. I know how God works with me. He, he, he lets me know really quick who's God and who's the Father. And I'm not getting away with some things. Because he loves me. Certain things I know he's not going to let me do or have or get. And the older I get, the, I don't want him. I don't want to be that way. I'm, I'm growing up. Boy, I got a long ways to go, but I'm growing up. So he's trying to make us more like Christ. So we're loved, we're chastened, and I've already touched on this. Number three, we have the Spirit of God in our hearts. You have that instinctive need of a Heavenly Father. More so than your own dad of flesh and blood. You have the instinctive desires towards God and fears and trusts that only God can fill. And it says that we read this in Galatians 4, 6, the Spirit of God in our hearts. So God's dwelling right in the seat of affection of your life. He's right there. Number four, you're going to have the glory of being in the family of God. It's a glory. You know, some people brag on, oh, I'm the who, whoever's. I'm one of them. Boy, they're, they're a powerful family in the, in the area. What about being a family of God? What about being a part of His? It says in Hebrews 2.10 that Jesus will bring many sons into glory. That's what He's in the process of doing. He's raising sons up, getting them into glory. We're moving on to glory. We have it now, but we don't. It's going to be open and published later on. All right, and then next, we get an inheritance as sons. God will give the inheritance to His own children. The Bible says we're heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Christ. We are brethren to Christ. Personal inheritance will direct to you. Personal inheritance. It's individual. Even though it's corporate, it's individual. All of us are, can benefit from this. If you will follow and serve and obey your Heavenly Father. So, the desire of the Christian. We read this right here in Romans 8. And I'm going to finish with this. The desire of the Christian is for adoption to take place. You know when you're struggling in life? 
You know when you can't, sometimes when you can't stand yourself, that ever happened to you? Because you're letting yourself down in God. And, and, but you're also, you're just groaning in this world because it's a tough place. And you're struggling. You know what you're really begging for? God, will you adopt me quick? Bring, come, take me to heaven, not, not take my life. We need to be raptured out here and get a glorified body. We talked about that last week. So that we can receive the adoption of sons. Take me up to heaven and set me before the universe and count me as a son. That's what the adoption is. God's going to stand you before the whole universe and say, this is my beloved son. Just as he said about Jesus Christ. In whom I am well pleased. This is my son. Wait till you see the inheritance I've been saving for you. Eternal inheritance. We can't imagine. And what it says here, all creation is looking for this. You know, when you see the struggles of this life, every animal is wanting you to get your adoption. Because they're cursed just like it. The, whole, the world's cursed. The world's cursed by sin and, and death. There's death right out that door. I can smell it. Something died out there. That's a curse. You know, you, when you see the beasts of the field looking for something to eat, and you see the trees begging for some moisture, the whole creation is groaning. Why is there earthquakes? It could be one of the reasons. The earth is groaning and begging and anticipating one big event. One big event. You know what it is? It says it right there in verse 21 through 23, the adoption of you, for you to get adopted. Because if you get your adoption, by that time, Jesus, it says, is going to restore heaven and earth back to Him, and creation is going to go back to the glory days where people live a thousand years, where the lion and the lamb will lay down together, and the young child will lead the bear and he'll play on the cockatrice's den and the poisonous snake and not get bit. It says, the, And the knowledge of God will be like the, cover the earth like the waters of the sea. But that can't happen until you get your glorified body. That's what this seat teaches us. So we are right now, we are son made. I'm a made a son. He made me a son. Through faith in Jesus Christ. That's all it took. But we're going to be placed as a son for all eternity in God's kingdom in heaven. And God's, the, the relationship will be pure and harmonious, unbreakable, unchangeable, this wonderful relationship and how intimate it will be. And you'll be free to fulfill all your duties as a son to your Father up in heaven. And He'll be able to trust you with all things. The Bible says he's, He will gladly give us all things. All things. comes through the adoption. Now, I say it all the time, but I'll finish with this. You know, we, we could all go right down to H-E-B right now and walk through H-E-B. Nobody there is going to go, there are some sons of God right there. Look at them. Boy, they, just, they got it. And they're going to bow before you. You know, the Bible does say they're going to all bow before your feet someday. You know, you walk in. There they come. 
The glorious one. Can't you just see the light shining out of them? No, it's hidden in an earthen vessel. The Bible says this treasure is in earthen vessels. It's like, like uh, hidden in there. But the manifestation of the sons of God is going to be like blowing open a spotlight. That's not even good enough, by the way. When it comes, and everybody, nobody will, will doubt who the sons of God are then. The only way you can show it now is through your lifestyle. Do you show yourself as a light, as a son or a daughter of God in front of this world? Someday. It says we're going to be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. We'll see Him face to face. We'll be transformed in His exact image. That's called glorification. He will adopt you then this is my son. Been my son since birth. Now he's mature. He's ready. I'm giving him the kingdom. He's ready. For, he's mine. He's going to go out and serve him forever and ever. Ever and ever and ever. That is the doctrine of adoption. In a small little way. I missed a lot of it, I know. But, it's a wonderful destiny. I told you, that's your future right there. Don't, don't uh, get too in the mully grubs when you got that coming. Amen. And what Paul said, grab a hold of it because that's your destiny. Grab a hold of it and lay hold on eternal life and get it. And get all you can while you're here and heaven will be that much better. Amen. All right.